Hey heirs, what's up? My name is Robin Okafor and I'm your host to this brand new podcast called the Heirs to the Throne Podcast, a faith-based podcast for millennials where we just have organic and real conversations about how to merge our growing faith with the world that we're living in today. Especially just when the things that are going on in this world you know, are just not making sense and they hurt and and we're trying to figure this thing called life out and what is, you know, the deeper meaning to all these things. And um, I just find us as millennials, a lot of us are having a hard time with just putting the pieces of the puzzle together and, and really figuring out where that road between our faith and, you know, just our strength to to not really be so consumed in what's going on in the world and um, be so sad with just the tragedies and things that happen. You know, where does that role intersect? And so this is where we're going to be having those conversations. Um, of course, I can't even begin the episode without, you know, paying my deepest condolences to the Bryant family and all of the families that were involved in the helicopter crash involving Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianni. I know we've all been on um, social media and we've just been seeing just the crazy, crazy, crazy impact that Kobe had on um, really everyone, you know, everyone, especially millennials, especially us, y'all. Like I was talking to my homegirls earlier and I was telling her like, it's crazy because, you know, we grew up on Jordan a little bit. Like, I was born in 92, so it's like we grew up on Jordan a little, little bit. But Kobe, we got to see Kobe's entire career, um, and we were still all at an age to where, you know, we could watch TV. We could understand and process what was happening. And so I can remember just growing up and just Kobe being my favorite player, me just thinking Kobe was just so cute, so fine, and he could hoop. Like, he was just the total package, you know, I know for a lot of just young girls growing up, Kobe was like, oh my gosh, and then on top of that, like, he was just a legend, he was, he was the go at the time, you know, and so to see things happen that just doesn't make sense, you know, it's why we're here, y'all, you know, for real, for real, it's why I'm here, it's why I want y'all to be here, for us to have healthy conversations, for, um, just a reminder, I'm going to have a link, I believe, on Facebook, I'm not on Facebook, on um, Instagram, like, by next week, where you can guys, where you guys can just, like, send in anonymous uh, listener letters to where we can really have, like, real conversations and any questions that you might have maybe about, you know, why this happens, why that happens, um, you know, what are we supposed to do, like, whatever you might need as um, a listener or as an heir on this podcast, you know, I want you to definitely feel free to write in um, anonymously, that's fine, non-anonymously, um, that's fine if you, you know, or if you want me to know who you are, but you don't want everybody else to know who you are, we are like, I got you, that's not even a question, um, but look out for that link, I'll, of course, I'll definitely like announce it when it's actually up and running, but I want us to be able to just have real conversations, because I know the things that we are seeing like in this world every single day, unexpected deaths, you know, terrorist attack, going to war, you got the president of the United States being impeached, you have so much going on, and um, you just want to kind of make sense of it all, you know, and you just want to know and have that confirmation that everything is going to be okay, but, it, you know, I know it's really hard sometimes just looking at the the world that we live in. 
So definitely, 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 you know, deepest thoughts and prayers with all of the families that were involved in the helicopter crash. Um, one thing for sure is Kobe was the GOAT. He was so impactful, so influential, just such an amazing just aura, you know, just I, I feel like you know, now all of these interviews are kind of surfacing the internet on just how positive he was and how much he encouraged us to just live out our dreams and chase our dreams and not be scared and, you know, not conform to just the things that people want you to conform to, but live out your life on your terms. Um, I think that's just so, so important for us to just remember that um, it kind of has a little bit to do with what we're going to be talking about today. Um Man, it's just crazy. Like, I cannot believe that, like, Kobe Bryant has passed away. And just every time I think about it, I'm just like, nah, like that, never in a million years, you know, never in a million years would you just think. And it's crazy because I remember when I got my first pair of Kobe's, man, my first pair of Kobe's were the, um, I forgot the year, I forgot, like, the style, but it was probably when I was still in high school, actually. Um, but they were, they were the Grinches, like, the... Kobe Grinches, like they're all lime green, and then it comes with the lime green laces, and it comes with the red lace, and this is crazy because I always have to wear the red laces with mine because I lost my neon green um, shoelaces. That reminds me, I probably will actually go get some neon um, shoelaces just so when I wear them again, I might wear them a little different than what I've been, how I've been wearing them or how I usually wear them. But anyways, first pair of Kobe's men's craziest niciest iciest pair of shoes by far that I have in my closet man like I'm telling you those are by far my favorite shoes and um not only do I just love the design and I just love just how comfortable they are and how they look just everything like and it has like a snake skin a snake skin print on it um not only do I just love everything about the way it looks it's also about the way I got them and so y'all know we just live in a world to where if you want some Jordans, you want some Yeezys, you want any hot release, right? You got to have a connect. You got to hope that your sneaker.com or your sneaker app comes through. You got to enter in raffle. You just got to do the whole nines to where it's like all my people who like I know who really like sneakers, who really like to wear sneakers and used to like to get the releases and nice shoes and stuff like all of those people really don't really get sneakers like that no more because it's so hard to get sneakers, right? So we all know that, but I will never forget. These are sneakers, guys. Like, I think now these sneakers, like, retail for, um, like, over $1,000, like, $800, not even $800. I want to say, like, over $1,000. Um, I haven't really actually checked recently, but... Pro, yeah, I would probably say like about 800, 900, up to a thousand, not even up to. I think that it starts at um, like a thousand dollars, but it definitely could have went down um, in the past maybe a couple of years. But at one point in time, these were definitely selling for over a thousand dollars. And y'all, when I say I went in the stores, I was literally at the, uh, at the mall with some of my homeboys, and we were just like, looking in stores, just happened to go on Foot Locker. And when I walk in Foot Locker, first thing I see on the rack, these lime green shoe, like black check, crazy little print up there. And then I want to say they had the, the red laces in there. So I was looking at the shoe like, dang, you know, like what's up with that shoe? Y'all had no idea that this was Kobe Bryant's shoe at all. Like I had no idea. I'm just like looking at the shoe. It's it's kind of like um 
you know, when you're in a store and you can only see one thing, it's like that one thing is looking at you. Everything else is like blurry all around. It's like that one thing, that one shoe, that one shirt, that one whatever is just staring at you. You got to have it. It was just like that. Like the shoes was calling my name. So I was looking at the shoe and asked the Foot Locker employee like, Yo, you know, um, y'all got this in the, I think mine is like a size six. I'm like, y'all got, y'all have these in the size six? Kind of knowing like they probably weren't going to have them because they was hot. And then in my mind, again, y'all, I didn't even know that it was Kobe. So then when the um, when the guy brought out the box and I looked at him, I was like, oh, they Kobe's? He's like, yeah, you know, they Kobe's. They just came out. I'm like, oh, we're okay. Trying on the shoes, comfortable. It's like, I'm like, yo, I got to get these. Went to the, went, left with those shoes, no problem. No line, no competition. Got my size easy. It was easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm telling you, like, it was so, it was so easy. Um, And I love just that you know, the way I got them because it was like, they're my absolute favorite shoe. They're a shoe that, you know, is retailing for over a thousand dollars. And it's just a shoe that I just went into the store and I bought. And I, I mean, them shoes weren't, they were probably like a hundred dollars, honestly. Like I think them grits was like uh, no more than like 120. Cause I think I was still in high school. So I wasn't balling like that to just buy like $125, $150, to pair, uh, $150 pair of shoes. And, you know, even back in the day, like shoes weren't really that expensive. Like just recently they started kind of going up to um, the more higher prices or whatever. But yeah, man, Kobe, just a little um, uh, Kobe uh, story for me. Like, I love, I think I've had like three pair, two or three pair of Kobe's in my whole life. And I can honestly say, love the shoe. Um, super, he just left behind such an awesome and fantastic le- legacy, man. You know, I, I just hate that someone, uh, children, a wife, anyone has to go through just thinking that they're going to come home and see their loved ones um, and, and come home to bad news that um, that that won't be happening. So y'all, we definitely got to keep on praying for um, all of the families involved and just hope that God gives them strength. God gives them comfort. Um, God, God gives them some type of um, understanding and just some type of, some type of peace in all of this. And um, may every soul that was involved in this rest in peace. I'm actually like recording this podcast episode really late because, you know, when everything um, happened with Kobe, it definitely like changed up other than like just this weekend has been a crazy weekend. Um, the, this news with Kobe Bryant, it really just had me, you know, thinking about some, some other stuff like just, you know, just getting real deep into thought and without going in, in it too much, um, it definitely just changed the message that I wanted to bring to you guys this week. And so as we reflect on, you know, just who Kobe was, uh, you know, what legacy he left behind, you know, how he even passed, past being a, a dad, past being a committed dad, a loving dad, um, a loving husband and all of that, you just kind of see like the all of the different aspects of his life you know kind of come together as one you know who he was on the court who he was off the court who he was you know maybe in the in the conference room doing business deals doing shoe deals doing endorsement deals um and then who he was at home right like how he was with his wife with his family with his children um and the crazy thing I think that's like hitting me the most about his legacy is that you know once you 
put together all the pieces that we're we're starting to see like on the news or on social media or ever once you start to put all the pieces of, of the puzzle together I mean it really just comes out to be an awesome extraordinary great man and um particularly when you look at you know when he was on the court when he was act- actively playing like the things that he would do as far as his work uh, workout routine as far as you know how he stayed the goat for so long how he stayed the greatest for so long how he stayed just at the top of his game um for so long you know despite his injuries right because we can we can um look back and know yeah Kobe had a couple of injuries he had a couple of times you know a pretty good amount of times that he had to to sit out and and repair and just repair his body and heal his body um so just looking at all of that and looking at how hard he worked um especially when he was injured it almost seemed like you know when he was injured and when he was out like um not only did he have to come back and heal but he had to come back you know with a bang and he he like because he's he was such a leader and um his teammates were dependent on him and so it just pushed me into a lot of thought and just you know who am I as a leader? You know, how, how do I know that I'm a, a great leader? How do I know like what kind of legacy that I'm going to um, leave behind? God forbid when that day happened, right? How am I going to know? Um, how, how do I even gauge? How do we all gauge? Like if we're heading towards greatness, if we're heading towards being a great leader, a great um, person who's going to leave, leave behind a legacy. And that's just what I want to talk about today. So um, about three years ago is when you guys know, like, it was like my whole big transition. I moved from living in D.C. or living um, right outside of D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia, back to Raleigh, North Carolina, back to my mom's crib, back to very humble um, beginnings because I was determined to get all that life has had for has for me. Um, I, I was determined and I'm still determined to get all that life has for me, and all that God has for me without... Um, without chasing, you know, gold objects, without chasing a dollar sign or without chasing um, things that I just shouldn't be chasing, right? Like without chasing the the prestige or the title, but I was determined to get all God had for me through um, using my faith and through letting him just guide me and guide my spirit in the the areas that he wanted me to be in and the areas that he wanted me to grow in, um, as well as just using my gifts. And so that happened about three years ago, right? And I never forget, like, I think I kind of already told you guys, like, that was the time that I felt the most liberated and the most free because I had went against the grain so much. Like, I, I was, that is when I had realized, you know, the road to greatness and the road to um, just really just the road to be better, right? The road to be extraordinary, the road to be um leave behind a legacy sometimes it's really lonely and it's really cold and it's really and you can't depend on this person or that person to always be with you always be pushing you always be rooting you on um you have to become your biggest cheerleader and so about three years ago when I decided that and I was like you know what I gotta do this you know and and people might not support me man but I know if I believe in myself then I knew the next person would believe in me too and I it I knew that it took me to believe in myself and still takes me to believe in myself and my dream and my vision um first right before I can get or convince anybody to jump on board with me um and I don't want to actually get too ahead of myself because I'm going to be talking about that in a little bit but um I say all of that say you know three years I took that leap of faith and I'll never forget 
because I felt so just I could do anything, right? And when you begin to answer your calling and say yes to God, that's when you feel like you can do anything. And that's when when your faith starts to grow. That's when you kind of, you know, start to bob uh, and weave a little bit, right? You like you start to just feel like you, know, you start feeling yourself because not feeling yourself, but you start having that confidence because you know who's in your corner. You know that God is in your corner. You know that uh, it's something greater than you that's guiding your footsteps, right? The word says, um, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So, you know, if you're just being in tune, you know, you're doing what you got to do. You're having conversations, you're in your, you're in your word, you're just being obedient to what God is like trying to tell you, right? You have that confidence, like, and you, because you have a certain level of security and certain level of faith because who has your back, right? And so, with that being said, that's when I just drove, that's when I dove into entrepreneurship. And when I drove into entrepreneurship, guys, just remember just how I grew up and the things that I were exposed, the things that I was personally, personally is exposed to growing up. Um, I really wasn't exposed to like entrepreneurship being a, um, uh, an avenue to financial freedom or generational wealth. You know, what was taught to me and the only reason it was taught to me, like so many of us is because, um, our parents or our loved ones or older people are only teaching us what has been taught to them. And it's just, you're passing down the information that you know, um, until it gets to a family member, a child that's going to say, okay, well, that information is cool, but let me go and, and, and kind of explore a little bit more of my options, right? Like just not getting your, all your information from one source. And when I began to explore, explore entrepreneurship, it was honestly like kind of the first time that I was venturing out on the unknown and because I never was really exposed to business, to entrepreneur, even though I knew in my heart, like, that was who I am. You know, I was a leader. I was someone who could, you know, um, who's good with strategy. I'm someone who's good with um, uh, just business in general, like looking at investments, looking at numbers, uh, writing up contracts, getting one person to agree with another person, partnerships. I knew that that was my forte. Like, I knew that that was my strong point. I never knew, though, exactly how I could make that a, a um, a lucrative career, right? Like, I, okay, you can be a business owner, you can major in business administration, or a lot of times you just end up like with a degree, and that's what I didn't want to do. Ultimately, ended up doing that, right? Because I have a degree in biology. But, anyways, um, I just knew if I would have got a degree in something like business or something, I probably would have. Um, ended up without a job, just you know, without being able to um, market my skills to a company to have a good paying job, right? To where it was still lucrative. Anyways, let me stop rambling. Um, I say all that to say when I did that, when I started to explore this whole business leadership, um, you know, sharpening up my networking skills, sharpening up my social skills, sharp, you know, growing spiritually, like really chasing the life that I wanted to, um, one thing that I began to do that I always tell people is I began to listen to audiobooks and I began to read more. Um, I began to read a lot more and in reading and, um, especially what I did specifically is I started to study the people who are where I was, I mean, who, who was where I wanted to be. Maybe, um, the people who is where I am now currently and now are uh, there as far as, income or happiness or just whatever you know it's not only financially it could be spiritually um it could be mentally it could be whatever you know I began to study these people 
And so for today's episode, I just wanted to go into some of the like reoccurring kind of themes that I've learned with um, reading the the rich dad, poor dads and the um, just the main kind of books that you read, you know, when you're um, stepping into entrepreneurship, right? Like kind of the books that are like the rites of passage. Um, And again, one of those rites of passages are definitely uh, the word, just being in a word. And that has brought me so much wisdom and making sure that I mix my word in with actual, you know, just books, just regular books, New York Times bestsellers, um, T.D. Jakes books. Um, you know, I'm still not done with The Weight um, by Megan Good and Devon Franklin, but I'm definitely going to be finishing that very soon. Um, and just, you know, making sure, making sure that I am, am reading, period. You know, that's pretty much what I, I say all this at, that to say. I started to read y'all. <laughs> I started to read. And when I started to read and I started to study the people who are where I wanted to be, man, one thing that I tell you is that it might not be easy to get a meal. It might not be easy to um really just supplement your nine to five income. It might not. None of that stuff is e- is necessarily easy. I won't sit here and say that it's um, easy to just go from a nine to five to just building a multi million or six figure income um, based business, right? I'm not saying that it's going to be that is easy. But one thing that I can say for sure, and a lot of people can probably agree with me, is that it's fairly simple. You know, it might not be easy, right? But the steps are pretty simple. And um, I just wanted to share with you guys, I wanted to share and also present questions to you guys to where you can ask yourself, you know, am I great? Am I heading towards greatness? Um, And with these questions, you can just kind of evaluate, you know, um, are you doing these things? Are you not doing these things? Or do you want to be great? Do you want to leave behind a legacy? Do you want, um, you know, your children to be good? When we talk about um, generational wealth, like, are, are you on the track to leave behind generational wealth for your kids? Are you on track to, um, to, create something bigger than yourself and impact the world, have an impact on the world on your, even on your, just, uh, your community, right? Are you on the right track to impact your community in a way to where, you know, people can look at you and say, you know what, that person, um, that, that person deserves everything they have because I've seen them work. I've seen them, um, change habits. I've seen them sacrifice. I've seen them show and showing show us discipline, right? So I'm not going to take up too much more of you guys' time. Um, I just want to present a few questions to you where you can ask yourself and kind of determine, are you on the road to leave behind a legacy? Are you on the road to generational wealth? Um, And depending on how you answer these things, I think that this can generally gauge, you know, kind of, even if you're not, like the things that you kind of can brush up on, and hopefully you can say um, yes to all of these, right? Like, hopefully you can just be like, yeah, but um, these are just things that, you know, I didn't get this from anybody. I didn't get um, get this from like a list on it. This is just like purely organically my list, the things that 
I have uh, just the thoughts and kind of lessons over the past three years that I've understood that comes with really taking your family to the next level and carrying that weight on your back and saying, you know what, I have my family on my back. I have um, my legacy on my back. I have all of this stuff on my back and I'm willing to take it to the next level. I know it's not going to be easy, but because I have studied the people who have um, came from where I came from and even worse uh, situations and worse conditions, um, I've seen people come from negative and come back and win. You know, I've seen people come from the bottom and come to the top and then go back down to the bottom and then go back to the top and win. You know, I've seen people do what some people are would say that is impossible and I'm studying these people and I, and um, that that's just one thing that you can do. And, you know, before I even get into the questions, that can just be kind of a bonus caveat tip, you know, you need to, whatever it is that you want to do, man, you have to find what it is that you want to do. You have to find what sets your soul on fire, what sets your heart on fire. You know, even if you can't find, just just start something, you know, dibble and dabble, like start something today. And if you don't like it, hey, like change it tomorrow, whatever. But the more you keep on trying things and the more you keep on exposing, you know, exposure is so important. Um, I could talk about exposure all day long and talk about how important it is, but, you know, expose yourself to different things. Try different things. Don't be scared to fall in your face. Don't be scared to fail because what you could be looking at as potentially a failure could be that one thing that might change your entire life and your entire family's life. And so even if, you know, probabilities are you might fail, whatever, like you fail, but you learned a lesson. You know, you're not taking your L as a L as a loss, you're taking it as a lesson. And in that case, you won. You're a winner, period. You know, and it's all about your your mindset. It's all about your mindset and just how you look at the things and the experiences that you go through. Um, but starting with your mindset, you have to get in the frame of mind to where I'm going to find something that I love. I'm going to find what I love. And most people really already know that, but they're just scared to say it, right? I know for so so long, I kind of knew the things that I was good at and things that I want to do, but I was scared to really verbalize it. And going back to how the enemy just kind of tries to chop off your tongue and get you from saying and manifesting certain things because he knows how powerful the tongue is. And so I'm not going to go too deep into that rabbit hole, but I will say, guys, find what you want to do, manifest it, speak it with your mouth. Life and death lies in the power of the tongue, okay? Once you find it, start speaking about it, start talking about it, um, and start just just manifesting it. And once you start to do that, begin to find people who you can mimic their behavior or you can study them or you can say, you know what, this person, um, I don't know, this person is... um, I want to do stock exchange or I want to do what what is it called foreign exchange or I want to do um stock market trades. I want to learn how to trade, right? Well, who better than than to teach you than the mogul, the icon, whatever, Warren Buffett, right? He's the one who's probably made over a billion dollars in the stock market and probably has over a billion dollars tied up in the stock market. So go and find these people who have done what you, uh, who have done what you are now currently desiring to do. So just a quick little bonus caveat point right there. Figure out what you want to do, 
Find somebody who is doing what you want to do. Read them, study them, um, shadow them if you can. Reach out to them if you can. I always tell people, man, like, I know y'all, you know, especially the ones uh, who have went to college. Like, we know how important is LinkedIn stuff. And people who are really in corporate America, college or not, whatever, they're into the LinkedIn stuff. But it's majority of the population right now is really um, not taking the full advantage of LinkedIn like they can, man. I'm telling you guys, it's going to come a time and a place where you're going to get on LinkedIn. You're going to want to connect with somebody. Maybe you're going to have your business. You want to connect with somebody who, um, I don't know, can help you just take your business to the next level. You're not going to be able to get to them on LinkedIn in two, three, four years from now. Um, right now is the time to network on LinkedIn, okay? Most of the time when you send somebody a message on LinkedIn, you're going to get a response back, like majority of the time, I'm telling you guys, no matter if it's something with corporate America, no matter if you are trying to find, um, I don't know, a director at uh, rock nation, you know, I don't know, whatever you're looking for, right? These people are more accessible on LinkedIn than they are on any other social media platform because LinkedIn is, you know, for work. And, you know, again, when you're hitting them up, don't try to hit them up, try to holler at them or, or slide in the DMs or nothing like that. But make sure, hey, if you find somebody who you're trying to figure out how to do this whole styling thing, right? And you figure out, okay, this this is the person who styles, I don't know, Justin Bieber, Alicia Keys, and and you figure out what their name is, go and type their name on, in on LinkedIn. And more than likely, nine times out of 10, their profile will, uh, will, pop up on LinkedIn if they're a real professional. And I guarantee you that nine times out of 10, I'm telling you, no matter how famous or how high up you think that they are, reach out to somebody, want to network with them, um, desiring to shadow them or whatever, just talk to them, you know, get advice. I guarantee if you do it on LinkedIn, um, you're going to get at least like a 90% return. So anyways, moving on. Um, I want to just go ahead and jump into these questions. Hopefully, I'll have enough time to um, get through all of them. But again, these are questions that you should ask yourself to kind of gauge if you're on the road to greatness, if you're on the road to leave behind generational wealth, if you're on the road to leave behind a legacy. I mean, um, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, I think one thing we should really see is, man, how hard this dude worked. Like, how much he built in the time that he was here, the 41 years that he was here, how much he built. And again, we don't have to sit here and say, oh, we're comparing ourselves to him or we're doing this. Like everybody has their separate walk, their separate timeline, you know, don't compare yourselves to others. But again, to go back to my point earlier, it is important to study the people who have done the things that you want to do. And Kobe has done so many things that I know that we all want to do. So I think it's only right but to share a couple of things that I felt that were put on my heart um, to, to just really ask ourselves, like, where, where are we right now? Where are we on the whole leaving behind a legacy? How hard are we working? You know, how much of our mental strength are we building up to not only, you know, be ready for the blessing physically, but mentally be ready for what, uh, the things that we're asking God for. So question number one, when we're gauging where we are um, on the road of greatness, right? Um, first question, have you realized that the road to greatness can be lonely and cold? Matthew 7 and 13 and 14 says, enter through the narrow gate, 
For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Um, Understand when you're being called to do something that's different, when you're called to be doing something that's great, when you're trying to build something that no one in your family has ever built, when you're trying to create um, a wealth that's never been there, you're trying to create wealth from 0.00 dollars, right? Um, when you're trying to do something that you really have no blueprint other than books, hence why we need to be in books in general, right? When you're trying to figure out this blueprint of success that you see around you, Um, how are you going about doing that? Are you going about doing it in a way that really doesn't require you to have like discipline? It really doesn't require you to um, change your habits. It really doesn't require you to spend time alone. It really doesn't require you to just put your head down and get your hands dirty and, um, you know, say no to those drinks that your homegirl want to go out and get and say no to that vacation that your homeboy and his girl want to go on and kind of deny your flesh or deny certain things I would suggest from the books that I have read and the people who I have studied, um, when you're lonely, when you feel like you're doing it by yourself, when you feel like people around you just don't really understand what you're doing, you know, a lot of great people were misunderstood. You know, I'm pretty sure we hear that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, A lot of great people were misunderstood. A lot of great people were told no. A lot of great people were rejected. A lot of great people um, had to do it by themselves initially. And so my question to you is, do you realize that the road to greatness is lonely or can be lonely? I'm not going to say the entire road because I think that as you begin to grow your faith and your confidence and as you begin to press down um, a certain road or industry or field, you begin to network with people and then you begin to um, surround yourself with more like-minded people. But we all know when we're trying to break out and do something different, like, it's going to be your friends from back in the day who are going to try to, you know, pull you this way and pull you that way. They want to go, want you to go on every trip, want you to go out every night, want you to um, just really, uh, not intentionally, right, but just unintentionally, just they, they want you to just come out and have fun with them. But in your mind, you know, you have a bigger vision. It's something that's that doesn't sit well in you is something in you that doesn't sit well if you haven't got x amount of work accomplished and you are at the club right if you haven't um closed that deal if you working on um writing up a contract if you're working on your logo if you're working on your business or your brand or you ain't posted or you ain't had a sale this week or you ain't you know whatever your goals was for the week you know you feel like Friday come Friday if I feel short on these goals for the week I don't feel like what am I going out for celebrating right a lot of times those type of people um are on the road to greatness You realize that the same thing that you're searching for, other people aren't searching for. You know, you're trying to get this abundant life. You're not trying to just um, live paycheck to paycheck and, um, you know, retire with your 401k. And you're not, you're not, you're trying to do something different, right? You're trying to do something better and bigger. And people, most people are so scared. And that's why, um, you know, my friends know I love talking about how we are a capitalist society in every sense of the word, um, because, no matter what happens, right? Um, people will always, it's always going to be a group of people. Major, I won't say majority of people, but I, I, I can pretty bet, I can pretty much say, honestly, for the most part, 
for the majority of our lives, for the majority of the time that, you know, most of us as millennials are living, most people will be scared to really just chase after their dream 100%. Relentless, ruthless, not looking back, not letting nobody tell them no, not accepting no as the answer, but continue to press and press. Most people are going to um, just be fearful, right? And they're going to maybe work a regular job or um, be middle or low class or whatever, like whatever they're comfortable with doing. Um, I don't say that to say, you know, everybody doesn't want to be super rich and super wealthy. And um, and that's fine too. But um, in a capitalist society, you need the kind of class systems or you need the lower class and the lower middle class and the um, and the upper class. You need all of that for things to function right smoothly. And that's why I think that we will always be a capitalist society because it will always be people who operate in fear. Thus, it will, it will always be people who are too scared to take their life, their love, uh, their potential, um, right, their gifts to the next level and really live out the dream that God has called them to live out. So one thing that I always tell people is that if you even have a remotely a feeling of, you know what, maybe I do want to start this business, you know, Maybe I do want to go back to school. Maybe I do want to be an actor. Maybe I do want to be a model. Like, you know, whoever thought that I could model? Like, you know, maybe I do want to be a model. Maybe I do want to go back to med school. Maybe I do want to leave this profession and um, get into that profession. Or maybe I do want to leave this profession and get into entrepreneurship. Whatever it is for you, I always tell people, if you have something in your gut that's telling you to do that, I'm not saying just jump head first in uninformed and um, without any plan um, and, and, you know, be strategic about how you want to do it, but still do it because a lot of people that thought of doing something different, having a legacy, leaving um, wealth behind to their kids or to their family, God forbid anything happened to their spouse. The people who are already thinking like that, you're already in a different group just for just by your thoughts alone, right? Just by the way you think alone, just by because we know that if you can think it, right, then you can manifest it. If you can think it up, then you can manifest it in the flesh. I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm pretty sure everybody out there, or not everybody out there, probably most people out there believe, but a lot of people actually don't believe that anyway. So a lot of people won't even think that they can break outside of the the, the hood or the trailer parks or wherever they live, you know, wherever you live to where you want better for yourself. A lot of people don't even think that they can break out of their norm, Right. And then the people who do, you know, maybe the thought passes their mind, that group of people, the thought just passes their mind. And that's exactly what it does. It comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and it comes and it just eventually just leaves. Right. And then they become so fam- uh just familiar and comfortable with where they are and what they're doing in their routine that they're just like, you know what, hmm, this is not so bad. Maybe it's not the best, but I'm good. Right. I'm content. So it's going to be a lot of content people out there. So if you are somebody who just is really starting to understand, man, not only do I want to get live my, uh, do not only do I want to live my dream and use my gifts and really live this whole abundant life type of lifestyle that I know God has for me, then 
you know, if I really want to do that, then I got to understand that I'm going to be by myself because the majority of the people, it's not that they don't want it or they can't do it. It's just that it's just the uh, mentality, right? It's just what they believe that they can do. And um, another bonus caveat, you know, if you are around people who dream small, you're going to dream small. And a lot of times, if it's that one person that's around a whole bunch of people who think small, a lot of times that person will begin to think small, right? Or or it can be that person who, you know, just in the nick of time, they're just able to say, uh, you know what, y'all were my friends back in the day, but I think I'm just uh, spending a little bit of time over here and, and put my head down into some work and, you know, really just do things different. Maybe you need to move. Maybe you need to um, just do whatever you need to do to get around like-minded people. Um, but until then, understand, especially uh, when you're going against the grain and you're doing things that people haven't done, it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be a battle in which everybody is is walking in one direction and you're literally walking against the crowd, okay? So um, I say all that, that say if you're feeling like that, if that's how you um, are are moving or have been moving, um, you find yourself in a situation where you feel that you're lonely, sometimes you don't have anything to talk uh, or anyone to talk to, you know, rest assured that is one of the common, common, common traits that all the greats will, will say and share that this road to greatness and to doing something different, you know, especially the beginning stages are going to be lonely, but, you know, weeping will endure for a night, joy coming in the morning. So um, you won't be there for too long. Okay. So next point, next question that I wanted to ask, or next question that I wanted you to just ask yourself is, do you understand that with every new level, it's a new devil? Okay, that's like one of my favorite little um, little ones because I feel like that is like one that really can help a lot of people mentally, right? One thing that I'm learning is that, yo, God can change your life in the blink of an eye. He can turn your situation completely around. Your your bank account can go from having negative $100 to $6,000 just like that. You know, just what God can do, the unspeakable, right? I think that we all know that we can all agree on that, Um but with that being said, right, we we should also understand that with every new level comes a new devil. And so what why I think that why I think that is so important to understand, especially when you're on the road to greatness, is mentally you have to build yourself up mentally. You know, I told y'all um, last week that that's uh, one of the reasons why you have to get into your word because a lot of times when you're able to recite certain verses, you can use those are weapons, right? Those are weapons to attack the enemy when he comes into your mind and tries to um, tell you that you're depressed or tell you that you have anxiety or tell you you'll never be anything or tell you that you're dreaming too big or you're thinking too big or uh, your God can never do that for, for you, right? And just plant seeds of doubt and fear. You have um, weapons to, to combat the enemy, right? Um, but I think the weapons also just still come from wisdom and knowledge and getting in books and being exposed to different things and just learning, right? And then taking your L's or your losses and turning them into lessons. Um, I think that all plays a, a factor in building yourself up mentally because once you build up yourself mentally, you understand that, okay, when these things come back around, I already know I build up my, uh, I build up my muscle, right? The brain is the strongest muscle in the body. 
right? Like you have to build up your, you have to build up your mental to where when things come your way, you are, you're ready, you're armed, you loaded, right? You strapped. I believe once you understand that, okay, once you elevate to the next level, you already know mentally the devil's going to come in and attack you. Why? Because you are that much closer to your purpose. You're that much closer to leaving behind a legacy. You're that much closer to leaving behind generational wealth, right? Now, we have to get a little bit deeper and understand, well, why doesn't the uh, enemy even want us to have these things and to leave behind generational wealth and to be mentally strong? I mean, some people say, oh, well, he's the devil. And it's like, what does that even mean, right? The real reason why he doesn't want us to have these things is because every time we uh, sow seeds into our legacy, Every time we sow seeds into our uh, into our generational wealth, every time we sow seeds into the future or ourselves or our gifts, okay, we get that much closer to our purpose. We get that much closer to other people seeing us walk in our purpose, okay? And these people who are seeing us walk into our purpose, they're either one of the two, right? They are either of the world, right? And we know that like the world is... Satan's just playhouse, right? Like we, it's all it's all in the word, and it just talks about how you know, pretty much, when you're of the world, you are essentially of you know, you're part of Satan's army, or you know, you're a soldier in Satan's army, whatever, however you want to look at it. But really, if you're of the word, it says don't the word says do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the renewing of your mind that I'm talking about. Um, because if you don't renew your mind, you will be of the world, right? You can either be of the world or of the kingdom. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to again, start this podcast because I think that it's so many of us that who are part of the kingdom and it's so many of us who are of the world that's not really understanding that, you know, either I'm in or I'm out. Simply put, you know, pretty much like at every new level that God allows you to elevate to, right? Um, you're able to understand like, okay, life is really never going to just be chill. You know, life is never like the devil is never just going to let me chill, especially when I'm destined for greatness, especially when you're doing something that is so out of the ordinary. The devil is never going to let me chill. Right. <laughs> like it's just like that person who's always on your line or always uh, texting you or calling you or hitting you up and you just be chilling. Right. Like this person will not let me chill. Like can you just let me chill. Right. Um, same way with the enemy, like the enemy is obsessed with you. He's obsessed with your gifts. He's obsessed with your purpose and he will not let you chill, especially as you begin to elevate. But the sooner that you realize that he won't let you chill, right? The sooner you can know like, okay, this is about to be like an ongoing thing. So not only do I have to build up my armor, build up my mental, understand that, you know, I might be making $50,000 a year this year, and guess what? The devil's going to be on some $50,000 type time, right? When I go to from making 50000 a year to 100000 he's going to be on some 100000 type of issues, type time. He's going to be on 100000 type time. Like, when I go from uh, 100000 to to a million, right? 
Them problems, that devil that I saw at 50,000 ain't going to be the same devil that's going to meet me at the door at a million, you know? Mentally, as leaders, as people who are destined for greatness, we can't let um, these tricks and these uh, facades of the enemy get us caught up, right? So it's so funny because... You know, y'all always hear, I know we always hear like that saying, you know, you got to roll with the punches, you got to roll with the punches. And it's like, you hear like, oh, you got to roll with the punches, you got to roll with the punches. It kind of gets you, you know, hype a little bit and you kind of know, you know what it means. Essentially, it's got, it's like, you got to keep on going. You got to keep on going. In my mind, when I hear roll with the punches, um, to me, that means like you got to keep on going. You got to, you just got to just go, right? Just don't give up. I don't know why I think about that. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Like y'all let me know if that's what y'all think of when y'all hear roll with the punches. Um, you just have to just go along with things, right? You just got to keep on going. Um, but it's funny because um, I don't remember who explained to me like what roll with the punches really meant and how, where it came from. And pretty much, you know, what, Maybe a lot of us, a lot of y'all already know this. I didn't know this. And so that's why I'm sharing it to y'all. Like it, it was when I figured out what it meant, I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, when you, a lot of boxers, right, they will roll with the punch. When um, a boxer or whoever, even just when you fight, they say you always roll with the punches. So when you have a punch coming your way, somebody's about to get you with a, a right hook. Right. Somebody about to get you with a right hook. Go ahead and lean your face towards the right if you can't move in time, because once you roll with the punches, the impact is lighter. Right. And so that's a little different from just go along with it. Just I mean, it's kind of similar. I mean, I guess you could say you go along with the punch. Right. But essentially, you're going along with the punch because when you you're still getting punched. But when you get punched, the impact is a lot lighter than it would have been if you would have just, you know, been caught off guard. You're looking off in the space and then somebody uh, hits you and, and sneak you with a right hook. Right. So when you understand and you expect the devil to come in a new way when you're elevating as a leader, as someone who's great, as someone who is, you know, maybe today you had a hundred thousand followers and tomorrow, tomorrow you got 200,000 followers, right? In my opinion, it's the same thing that whatever the next level for you is, understand that once you reach that goal for yourself, the enemy is coming with new sheepskin and he's coming in different forms, same tactics, right? Still kill and destroy, seeking whom to devour, all of that, but he's coming in, in different form, in different people, in different ways, and um, different, different, just shiny objects, right? And so, when you're expecting that, when you're expecting that punch, now that punch might come regardless. It's not saying that the punch is not going to come. It's not saying that the um, the temptation or the deceit or the lies or the fear, the tragedies. It's not to say any of that stuff is not going to. Um, come it's just to say when you already know and you expect it sometimes it can soften the blow right it can soften the impact a little bit um and I think that's a perfect segue into um the third question it's going to be the third and final question I'm just going to go ahead and end it there um do you know how to find peace in your storm okay do you know how to find peace in your storm I'm sure most people know if you don't know you know ask yourself where is the most peaceful um, part or area in a storm, right? 
we could all probably agree that it's the center of the storm, right? And the center of the storm essentially is where you find peace and where you find the most, uh, the, the calmest environments. And I think that's really important to really understand that concept. Understand that, man, the storms are going to come. You're understanding that, man, it's role for me to fight for my family and to fight for the things that I love and to fight just, just to live the life that I know I deserve to live. Like, you know, rest in peace to Kobe. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. So why not spend it every day fighting for what you love, fighting to do what you love, fighting to do what you believe in? Because he sure as heck did that, right? Like he sure as heck did that and he loved it, but he didn't He didn't just say, oh, I'm good in basketball. It's going to be easy peasy. I'm going to uh, kick my legs up and it's Nah, he knew what he loved and he knew what he wanted and he worked relentlessly towards that right um but it's not to say different things that happen like we knew things that would happen like during uh Kobe's career uh the whole thing that happened with you know him and his wife and just all of these things that have, I'm not going to even go into that it's definitely not the time or the place to go into the things but my I want to just stress that though this man was great though this man had so much uh um, going for himself and he he was a legend he he still is a legend right he still had his storms we can remember um publicly his his storms and who knows god only god knows the storms that he battled behind closed doors yet he still managed to leave this legacy behind for each and every one of us and he still managed to leave behind a blueprint in which um in in, in a way that is just clear on how to get really what you want out of life, man. We have to take heed to that. We have to understand that, right? So once we get comfortable with knowing like, man, kind of, you know, and this kind of, of course, connects to the um, previous point, but once we understand, man, these hits are going to come. These hits are going to come. But if I can find my way to find peace in all of this, um, and I think one of the ways I find peace in my storms, okay, everybody's going to be different. But one of the ways I find peace in my storm, is, you know, you can call it cliche if you want to, but I have really, really learned that it's never a loss, okay? It's never a loss because, again, one of the things that's holding a lot of people back is their fear of looking stupid, their fear of failing, their fear of losing. You know, whether it's business, personally, a lot of people are scared to leave that ex alone because you're scared to lose him or you're scared it's going to be an L or you're scared that somebody else is going to come in and 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 you think that you're going to be a quote unquote loser, Right. You think that you're going to come out on the bottom and um, uh, whether it's even if it's with business, you just are scared. You don't have any you, you won't have any sales. Right. Um, you, we all notice the statistic of, of small business owners in the first year and the second year and how, you know, and it's so easy for us to just, you know, be like, well, the stat said this. Right. The stat said over 50 businesses closed down in the first year and don't make it. And then that's going to be me, man. That's going to be. And it's so easy for us to just think like, man, nah, this, this, you know, this won't work. And just, right, just trick us again, trick, let the devil trick us out of our spots. But when we understand that turbulence is going to come, right? Disaster is going to come. Confusing things are going to come. I th- I believe that a part, a large part of that statistic, right? We know that statistic, I think it's 50% of small businesses don't um, make it past the year in business. You know, I personally feel that that um, particular statistic, 
right, is largely based on people who, for one, have not counted the cost, have not really, you know, maybe they did something premature um, or maybe just mentally they wasn't ready, right? A storm came and mentally they just were not ready to um, embrace the storm, right? And, and again, that is why we have to learn how to get comfortable in the storm because once we learn how to get comfortable in the storm, once it comes, it's like, all right, baby, it's here. Well, we don't, we don't prepare, right? We got our water, we got our flashlights, we got everything. So it's not to say that we're not going to be impacted, but we're going to be as prepared as we can be. And the fact that we expected it and we knew that it was coming, okay, we're finding peace in it. We're finding um, things that we can take out of it. Again, one of the things that I find in my storms is that I'm always going to take a lesson out of it, man. I'm never going to go through something and say, I can't, there's something that I, I, I you know, can't or couldn't have learned. It's always something to learn. It's always something to take home and to take heed to, you know, that's just me. Um, your peace in your storm could be you disconnecting from social media. Your peace in your storm could be you um, fasting, you know, maybe you eliminating meats from your diets, breads from your diets, you know, change your, your, um, finding calmness in the storm, even though you should do this all the time, it might be working out five times a week instead of three times a week, right? Whatever finding calm in your storm looks like for you, you have to fight for that though, you know? And that's one thing. I think that there are books and things out there that can kind of teach you how to um, kind of quote unquote roll with the punches or kind of teach you how to better deal with um, trauma and unexpected things. And but ultimately, I think that you, everybody's different and you as an individual, you have to fight to figure out where is my center? Where is my peace when things are getting crazy? How do I find peace? One of the other things that I've um, figured out that, um, and this may be weird for some people, but hopefully a lot of people connect with it. Sometimes I have figured out that for me, sometimes to be still and to find peace in my storm, I have to be in a clean, spick and span environment. Why, guys? I don't know. Maybe just the clutter, less anxiety, less stress. I'm able to maybe handle the things that are coming along with that storm a little easier, a little quicker, a little faster. But for me, the first thing I do, um, just in gen in general, I try to just keep a, a clean um, space in general. But definitely when uh, I feel and know like a storm is coming or it's already here, one of the first things I do is declutter um, and I get organized. I clean up my car, I clean out the office, I clean out my room. Like I just get things in order. I clean out the bathroom to where, you know, at least as I'm starting my day, things are smooth and cluttered. Things aren't everywhere. And my mind is more able to focus on the important things versus the little things. Oh, where's this shirt? Where is this? Where You know, you're in your mind, by the time you leave the house, your mind is just in, in just, it's all cluttered because you couldn't find, uh, you couldn't find your water bottle. You couldn't find your keys. You couldn't find your purse. You couldn't find your jacket. You couldn't find, you know, and things are everywhere right? You didn't have time to make breakfast. Now you got to spend money at Starbucks. Like your mind is just everywhere. So um, that's just one of the things that I do is I try to make um, my space as clean and as organized as possible. I also know that um, no matter what, I'm going to have a positive attitude and I'm going to take every hit that comes um, and every L or loss that I take, and I'm going to turn that around to a lesson, okay? Um, the last two things that I guess I'll just still share with you guys just um, to share because I'm not going to, like, it's not going to be a part two to this episode or anything. Um, the third one or the fourth tip that I wanted to, or the 
fourth question, I'm sorry, that I wanted you to ask yourself, you know, are you embracing your story, your personal story, um, the things that you have went through that you may be embarrassed about, that you may, you know, not, are you embracing the things that make you unique? Um, and I believe that if you are, then that means that you are well on your way to be great um, and to not only impact you, but have an impact greater than yourself um, and have your story impact more people than only you or only those closest to you. I believe once you start to really embrace your story, really embrace what makes you unique and what makes you you, though that is when um, people will be drawn to you. Certain things will be drawn your way that only um, is available to you and is strictly and only for you because of your story. Um, and then the fifth one, um, how comfortable are you? And I think that was one that I could definitely, definitely go in on. Um, I always love talking about just being uncomfortable, even though being uncomfortable, guys, is really uncomfortable. Like, even though it's, it's, interesting to talk about. I can talk about being uncomfortable all day long, but um, my uncomfortable season is still very much so uncomfortable. You know, it's sad, it's trying, it's, it's hard, it's difficult, it's um, just all that you can just think. When we are uncomfortable, right, um, though we can kind of talk about how it's going to benefit us in the long run, when we're going through it, we don't want to be going through it, period. Like, when we're going through our just wilderness season or our just unknown and we're just trying to figure this thing out, you know, the only thing that I think keeps a lot of us who are destined for greatness alone, the only thing that really comforts us is knowing that the uncomfortable season, the uncomfortable feeling isn't going to last forever, right? It's going to be temporary. And again, Every great person, anybody who's leaving uh, behind a legacy, anybody who's leaving behind something for their kids and for their kids' kids were uncomfortable, was uncomfortable at one point in time. They had to do uncomfortable things. They had to make sacrifices in order to establish what is now a legacy, what is now greatness, what is now purpose, right? What is now the manifestation of their uh, of the things that they spoke and the manifestation of their gifts. And so I believe that if you're comfortable, if you're, you know, just so into your routine and you're not doing anything out of the normal and you're not um, really taking that step or pressing into who you are and what you deserve out of life and what your gifts are. Um, I believe that you are um, too comfortable, right? And you're complacent and you're content. And that's no place to be, especially us as millennials, man. We live in a society to where the world is literally at our fingertips. Do not be content. Do not be comfortable with just getting by with just, you know, oh man, you know, as long as I'm here. Yes, we're grateful for seeing another day and um, another 24 hours, but why not make the best of the 24 hours? Why not figure out or get exposed to something new or try something new or try something different in our 24 hours instead of doing the same exact thing that we did the day before and the day before and the day before that, okay? So if you're, if you have realized that uncomfortableness, is that a word? Uncomfortableness? Uncomfortableness is not um, or, or comes along with being great, right? I believe that you're on your way to greatness. You're well on your way to building generational wealth and you're way on your way. You're well on your way to building a legacy for your family. Um, and so again, just to recap the questions, have you realized the road to greatness can be lonely? Do you understand that with every new level, it's a new devil? Um, do you know how to find uh, peace in your storm? 
Are you embracing your story and how comfortable are you? Um, I really just wanted us to take a second and some time to just reflect on how how we are looking at our story, how we are looking at the things that we're going to leave behind for our families, um, what people and how people are going to remember us when our name comes up, when we're no longer on this earth. Um, we have to fight for that. It's meaningful. Um, it's worth it. It's simple, not easy, right? But it's simple and is well within our reach. Again, we're millennials. The world is at our fingertips, y'all. Let's press. Let's do it for Kobe. Let's do it for our family. Um, let, let's outwork everybody, right? Let's outwork the next person. Let's put in that real work that we need um, to put in in order to tap into these blessings, these new level blessings, okay? Guys, I love y'all. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Again, remember that podcast episodes will be dropping Every Tuesday now, um, you guys make sure you follow me on my social media platforms. On Facebook, I'm Robin Okafor. On Instagram, I am Robin underscore N-J-I-N-G. Um, that's short for NG Deka. I love you guys, and I will talk to you guys next week. I believe that's all the announcements. Um, yeah, all the announcements. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Of course, follow the podcast page oh yeah, on Instagram, which is at the Airs Podcast. Um, please send this, share this, five-star review it. Um, I love you all. I love you, Airs. See you next week.